0: Father, we thank you for tonight, we thank you for the anointing of God that makes this environment powerful, and we thank you that great things are happening in this environment right now, in the name of Jesus, and everyone said, come on, come on, I'm excited to be in the house of God, I really am. And what I'm going to speak about tonight is um, I'm going to lead right out front with the application how do you, how I feel th- that this is going to apply or how you're going to apply this to your life? Is that all right? I'm going to lead right off the front with this because um, this, is, this, this inspiration, this encouragement I'm going to give you today is, is birthed out of my own, my own grapple, the grapple of my own heart where I've just been saying, like, I, I look at environments, I, I mean, there's been times I've walked through the city here on Queen Street and I know some of the buildings in here are populated with thousands of people. Um, I, I, I've been in schools enough to, and I've stood there and I've, I've had to fight back tears at times thinking, God, what about their souls? I've been in places, hospitals, and and, and taking my kids to school my, and, and the rest of it. And I'm just standing there thinking to myself, God, I, I want to see you move in this place. So if, it, if you've ever felt that way before, maybe about a large group of people, maybe about your friends, maybe you've sat at a family dinner and thought, Oh, God, what about this soul? And this is for you tonight. Is that all right? Is for you tonight. And so uh, I, I want to take in the journey I've been on in response to that heart and, and, that, and that desire in my own spirit. I want to take you on that journey tonight. And uh, I want to share just out, right out the front, right out the back, I want to share about an initiative that the youth from this church, the, the revolution, have initiated. And it's actually gone um, throughout our nation and to other countries. Now, I just want to share a bit of their testimony with you. Is that all right? So it's called By the Gate, and all, as I'm speaking— I, Photos will turn up on the on the screen, and I'll just flick through of of some of the young people who do it. They turn up an hour before school starts. Sometimes leaders, youth leaders are with them, but it's not dependent on whether youth leaders are with them or not. They organize themselves. They get up that much earlier before school starts. They make their way to the school gate, and they stand there and they pray for an hour. They share scriptures. They pray for their school. They pray for their principal, and the testimonies I've heard from this has been mind-blowing. It's been incredible. I, I was um, a little while ago. I was preaching at, at a place, and the principal of a particular school turned up to hear me speak because of by the gate that's been happening at the school. I've heard of teachers uh, just yesterday. I was in Ashburton, and I got a couple of girls to testify about what's been happening. So this is not an Equipus Church or an Acts Church or anything, but but. These couple of girls stood in the front of a, of a room full of other young people and said i." we only realized after we started by the gate how many Christian teachers there were because they all started to come out and join us at the school gate. Now we've got a whole lot of teachers. So, so young people are starting to influence teachers and principals. I know another story told to me of a principal who brings a list to these young people, an unchurched, un, non-Christian principal who brings a list of what these children can, these young people can pray through at the school gate. I mean, I could go on all night. The craziest thing that was birthed out of our own youth ministry here. But a, a week or so ago, I was in Nelson and I was watching the rugby. And um, I, was, I was there for something during the day. And I was, at night, I went to a buddy's house to watch the rugby. And um, I'm sitting in, there's a whole lot of people in the room, living room, a couple of school age young people as well. And one of my, my mates says to this one girl, Hey, tell, you're doing by the gate now, tell Byron about it. And she goes, She didn't know me from Barroso. She's like, Man, so, so it's this thing where you turn up an hour before school starts and you stand at the school gate and you pray and I'm, it's my vision to see by the gate happen in every school in Nelson. I'm like, who are you? So it's gone far beyond our own church, but it's birthed from within our church, but it's gone to churches and ministries and schools and young people. But I want to tell you why it's significant to be at the gate. Because we all have a gate. We all have a place that we want to influence and see God move. And I want to tell you why it's significant to be by the gate. Is that right, church? You with me? All right, let's do it. So it starts like this in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 17, God speaking to Abraham, he says, Blessing. I will bless you, and in multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gates of the enemy. Now, it's like this. Picture Christmas time, and you got a whole heap of presents here, and you open the first one, and it's like, Oh my gosh, it's blessing. And you're like, oh wee, it's blessing, right? Everybody can get blessing. We understand it. It's what we wish for, it's what we hope for. Oh my God's blessing. We open the next one and we're like, get it open. It's like, oh my goodness, no way. It's multiplication. Like everything's gonna grow. Ah, this is incredible. And the third one, you're like, oh, it's a it's a, it's a gate. It's a gate. And your descendants shall pick. So Abraham's like, what? It's a gate. And in the NSAV, it says, ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) Okay, it's a new South African version. (laughs) A gate. But your inheritance, you see, what you've got to understand about gates is whoever controlled the gate controlled the city. The significance wasn't in the gate, but what the gate represented. It represented access and freedom into the city. And so God is saying to Abraham, and we know through what the Word of God says, that the promises made to Abraham, we have access through, by faith, through Jesus Christ. And so when God says to Abraham, your descendants shall possess, have control over the gates of a city, that's something that you and I need to believe for as an inheritance. And that's what all, that's the significance of all these young people standing at their school gate and praying. What are they doing? They're accessing their divine inheritance. Control over a group of people. Now, this is a significant thing about cities: is that cities in in Bible times was classified not by being like 100,000, 200,000 people. It was just a densely populated group of people, a geographical area. There were a whole lot of people just came together. Before long, they'd call themselves a city and they put a wall around them with a gate to signify this is us, this is our lot, and a gate to protect themselves. Now, if you think of modern-day cities, I believe a school is a city. See, because what, they would live in such close proximity in these days that as soon as you drop something into that city whether it's an illness, an idea, a concept, anything like that, fidget spinners, it would spread. It would spread like wildfire. Come on, you know how cities work. You and I, you know how the office environment works. You drop an idea in, you drop something in, and before long it takes off. I mean, I just bought myself a couple of fidget spinners. Because I know we got time for sitting on a bus or in the car without spinning something, people. We got time for that. It looked delicious when my kids were doing it. I'm a fidgeter, man. Any fidgeters out there? Oh, the rest of you, come on now. Own it. Just own it. Come on, if you're going to check Isaiah chapter 28, verse five and six, have a look at this. In that day, the Lord Almighty will be a glorious crown, a beautiful wreath for the remnant of his people. He will be a spirit of justice to, to the one who sits in judgment, a source of strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. A source of strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. How is it that a movement like by the gate can spread and start to influence schools where we've been praying and believing for for ages? Why? Because the Lord is a strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. Are you with me, church? I want you, as I'm speaking, start to think about the cities that you spend your time in through the week in your days, and it's time for you to turn back the battle in your city. Are you with me? Yeah. So now you've you got to check what happens is the people of God are being given a promised land, and the very first battle to take Canaan, the promised land, was the battle of Jericho. And what is it? The walls, he's, he's, he's this big fortified city with great walls all around it. In fact, can I have the keyboards come and help a brother out? It's this great city, big walls around it. And this is what the Word of God says about that. Joshua chapter 6 and verse 1. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. You think about the schools, the workplaces, the universities, the dorms, uh, the hostels, where we're constantly trying to get influence into, bring the Word of God into, see people's lives turn, marriages change, people get a call and a hope in their heart. And how often does the enemy go and securely bar the gates of the city? Securely bar, no one come in, no one come out. Man, I've been at this game long enough. To have enough principles, tell me, ain't nobody got time for the revolution. <laughs> Securely bad. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Securely bad. I actually, I I used to get really frustrated by that until I saw this in the Word of God. How it's my inheritance to see influence amongst a group of people. It's my inheritance. And I was like, of course, the enemy doesn't want me accessing that which God has put aside for me. An inheritance through Abraham, access through Jesus to see influence amongst a group of people. And whenever I start to think, God, this city is yours, this school is yours, this university of yours, as if it's securely barred, no one come in, no one come out. And I I get an indignation in my spirit. Let me explain what happens when you get access to a city. Let me explain what happens. I've got a friend. No, I really do. Some of you give me that doubtful look. No, I I do. I do. Her name is Aisha. And I want to explain how Aisha single-handedly Started a movement and ruined my Thursdays. Who wants to hear? Oh, yeah, I thought you might. I want to tell you how she started a movement and ruined my Thursdays. If you don't know Aisha, that's Aisha. Feel free to have a talk to her after the service. But I saw what happened, and I had no control over it. It took me by surprise because I never expected a movement to come from this lady. She was just, so, just a smiling assassin, people. So we, we, we were working in this office area, and I said, I, she had just started. And she started with an idea. She started with an idea, a passion. She just said, uh, what about we have veggie or salad Thursdays? I thought... Girl, that's never gonna work in here. There's carnivores all over the place. Girl, that's never gonna work in here. There's meat eaters, passionate. Come on, somebody, passionate meat eaters all through. That's never gonna take on. It's never gonna happen. But little did I know, the smiling assassin got to work. She pieced us off. I saw it happen before my eyes. I watched it over weeks just unfold. She said, hey, what about you? What do you reckon? What about this? I've got this idea. What do, we, what do we do? Veggie Thursdays. We all bring a vegetable and we cook it in the oven and we have a combined lunch. No meat. Just, she's a vegetarian. I now never trust vegetarians. So what you have done to me, Aisha? So she shared this vision and a few girls said, oh, that sounds so cute. And they pranced down to the local vegetable store. And grab vegetables, about two or three of them, nothing to be alarmed by. Or so I thought. They brought the vegetables, back, cooked it. I thought, you guys eat that. And I had like some chicken. <laughs> yeah. The next Thursday, I saw a few more people join. I thought, wait, wait, wait. No. But by the third week, I heard my wife say to me, Brian, go get us some vegetables. This is where I started to get concerned, people. I mean, at first, I said, woman, in my head, woman, <laughs> in my mind, people, ain't nobody got time for being hit at work. I said, woman, you can get your own vegetables, but then I got up and went and got the vegetables from the local vegetable store. Because friend, whether that's at work or at home, you will get hit. Anyway. So when I got the vegetables. But that's when I realized an outbreak has happened. Someone had breached the walls of our city. Someone had breached the walls, people. And before long, every Thursday was Vegetable Thursday. I remember Johnny and I walking down on Vegetable Thursday and bringing back pork and chicken. And you know what she should do? She'd accommodate that with a smile. Oh, that's awesome. And she'd cook it separately, put it on the side, and everybody would have a piece of pork. But before long, I felt bad for bringing my meat. And so I would bring vegetables to Vegetable Thursday. And then it became a thing. Every week, Thursday was Vegetable Thursday, people. She breached the walls. Now we've got policies in our HR manual. You cannot work and equip as if you're a vegetarian. (laughs) I cry. I cry. Can you see? Once you've breached the city wall, how easy it is to influence a city. And often we're thinking differently. We think, oh, we just got to get at least one or two to church. We just got to—I don't know—get them to listen to last week's sermon. Oh man, they could really do with last week's sermon. But what if you thought differently about it? What if you saw the place that you worked as your inheritance? That if you breached that wall in the spirit, by the gate, breached the wall, get to the point where you thought, saw leadership not as a position, but the ability to get into a relationship with people and then move them on a journey to change. What if you started to look at, at, at your university and your high school as an opportunity to breach the wall and share an idea? And even when the haters bring them meat, even when the haters bring their meat persistently, you just keep turning up with a smile on your face, influencing another person, loving on another person, caring for another soul. What if we all started to breach some walls? What if we all started to breach some walls? Start to think different about family gatherings. Not an opportunity to preach or anything like that, but just an opportunity to influence another person with an idea, with with a thought, with a theme, with a love, with a passion, with a conviction. So many of us are living too placid, so confused, so frustrated environments that are your inheritance, places where God's saying, influence these people. Friend, I'm about the one, and I know God is too, but I dream about the days that you and I are influencing thousands, in Jesus' name. We're starting to say, hey, I think in the back there is only hung a high school, and I think that's the whole faculty from the law faculty. Does that work? I'm an uneducated man, but I know Jesus, people. Don't judge me. I've been with Jesus. And my encouragement to you today is, come on, let's think differently about our worlds. It's time for us to breach some walls. It's time for us to think about influencing another person with the theme on our heart. And for a lot of us, it's hard to walk into these places that we've been for so long and have a fresh theme of salvation on our hearts because that person annoys us and that boss has been mean to us and that's been your routine for so long. But I'm believing And I've been praying that by the end of this sermon, you're going to think about your world and you're going to carry a different theme on your heart, a theme to influence, a theme of salvation, a theme to see God breach the walls and affect the city. Friend, it's our inheritance. In blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I'll multiply your descendants. and Your descendants shall possess the gates. Of the enemy. Come on, whoever controls the gates controls the city. And I'm bringing your inheritance to your, in- your attention. What if somebody came to you tonight after tonight's service, just say, hey, did you know you got all this banked up for you? It's your inheritance. You don't need to fight for it, you don't need to jump through hoops for it. Come on, there's nothing opposing you. You just need to know and access. It's been put aside for you. And I believe this city? It's been put aside for us. Come on, Auckland City has been put I feel God when I say that out of my mouth. Every time I pray it, every time I believe it, I have a conviction for it, I just know God's given it to us. But you and I need to breach some walls. Because as goes the gate, so goes the city. Come on, if we'd break the walls down... We'd see a city taken. Tonight, friend, I just, in the time of God, I wanted to make you aware of your inheritance. The fact that you can influence and see a city saved. Whatever your city may be. A cubicle at work, a school, a university, a workplace, a street, a neighborhood, a family. I want to bring that to your attention, but I can't help but feel as I stood in worship and just lifted hands, just felt the heart of God just come upon me, because he knew this moment would be real for you and I. I want to speak to every person right now. It feels like they're in a place where you just know life ain't right. In fact, the Bible puts it this way, that there's a way that seems right. To a man, but in the end it leads to destruction. And it's almost like you can persist in a way for so long. And then you start to have doubts. You start to think, is this, is this everything? Is this, it? this is all that? This all that I have coming to me. Is there more? And there's and there is this, this hole inside every heart, is a gap. To, to help you, to cause you, to nudge you towards that kind of thinking, those kinds of questions? Is there more to this life? Friend, I know that, that there are often, even in environments like this, believers who have drifted out of relationship with God And then God sets up moments like this, regardless of how much you persist in your sin and moving away from God and those routines that are destroying your life, God always seems to set up moments like this. It's almost as if while you persist to get further from Him, He persists to get closer to you. What is there? I believe it's the mercy of God while there is time, to give you the opportunity to make a response, to throw off the sin and the weights that so easily entangle and then receive the salvation that's free. This is the mercy of God setting up moments like this. The grace of God. So friend, whether, whether you're in the category of never having made that decision, to lay down your life and receive Jesus Christ and his salvation. Be a follower of Jesus where your whole life begins to align with who he is. Maybe in that camp, or you have been there before. In a sense, I'm preaching to the choir, but you know tonight you're not right with Jesus Christ. For my appeal, I believe because I feel it in my spirit. This is the mercy of God setting up a moment for you to get right with Him. Don't walk out of here the same. Don't walk out of here with what you're carrying. With your uncertainty of whether you're right with Him or not. Don't walk out of here with that tonight. Be sure and be secure in His salvation. So in the moment, I'm going to get every eye to close, every head to bow. Not right now. But when I do, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand where you are. If I can include you in a closing prayer. That just says, Jesus, it's me. I want you in my heart. I want you in my world. And I lay down my sin. I'm sorry. If that's you tonight, friend, your moment's coming. Please take care. So I want every eye closed, every head bowed. Every person thinking about themselves in this moment, about where you're at, in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Friends tonight, if you know that you're not right with Jesus, and as I've shared, something inside of you began to really stir. I'm going to go right out. And say, I believe that that's Jesus, the Holy Spirit, working through your emotions right now to be alert to who He is. I'm going to count down from three to one. And when I say one, I want you to lift your hand where you are. I'll acknowledge it. I'll get you to put it down. I'm going to include you in a closing prayer. Here we go. Three, two, one. If that's you, would you lift your hand where you are, friend? I'd love to pray with you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Thank you. God bless you. Others right now, God bless you up there and in here in the balcony. That's awesome. Others right now, if that's you, you just know, Brian, tonight I've got to get this right. Awesome. God bless you. I see your hand. Friend, I'm going to ask you how long you've known him, how long you've been a Christian. I'm saying, how's your relationship with Jesus tonight? If that's you, I'd love to include you in this prayer. Come on, if that's you, just lift your hand where you are. And we'll pray this prayer tonight. Hallelujah. That's so good. Praise God. Would you stand to your feet with me tonight, church? Fantastic. We're going to pray for these people and include them in a closing prayer. I want us all to pray this prayer. Before I hand back, we're going we're to pray for the city that you've had on your heart tonight. Is that all right? Amen. Come on, let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus. I thank you for tonight. I thank you for your word. Lord, it's shone a light into my heart. And I see now that I have sinned to confess. Take my sin. And I receive your salvation. Make me new in Jesus' name. I receive the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And everyone said. Amen, come on.